everyone. Something to do with our home. Heaven is our home and here is not our home. That uh, the life that we live here is only a glimpse of what it's going to be like in eternity. And in a sense, what we need to do is we need to be looking to live for eternity, looking for our eternal home. Uh, we are travellers, we are aliens, we are strangers in this world, one Peter, Peter says to us. And so therefore he says to us that we need to hold things lightly in this world and hold on to things solely for eternity. So the things around us are transient. They go, they, they don't last forever. But for the things of eternity, they last forever. We need to hold on to them tightly. And then last week we looked at if this is not our home, then who are we here and now? There's a great verse that's a quote from Leviticus that says, Be holy because I am holy. That we are to be a distinctive community. That we are to be people uh, together who are to be a picture to the rest of the world of what God is like in a sense. We are his people now. That uh, that be holy as I am holy was a pronouncement to Israel about how they are to live for God and to show who God is and to love like God loves and to have the life that God would want his people to have and that they are to be distinctive in the world and they are to be like a sense to the world, a beacon to how good God is. And we are to be the same. That we now are God's community. We are now God's people in this world and we are to be distinctive in that. And our key distinctive is that we are to... Well done, Amy. Woo-hoo! She's firing in the back corner. Uh, we are to love one another deeply from the heart. That is to be our key distinctive. Uh, so today what we're going to do is we, we, we need to remember all that as we come into this next part because we're actually going to go back to the same passage almost. We're going to be looking at 1 Peter chapter 1, verses 22 through to 2, verse 3 because to know how uh, what we need to hold on to solidly, to know how we are to be holy and distinctive, to know how we are to love one another deeply from the heart, then there is something that we need to be solid on. So let's have a look at that. That's 1 Peter chapter 1 verse 22 through to chapter 2 verse 3. Open up your Bibles and have a look at how Peter brings all those things together and says there is something that needs to be the most solid within us that holds us to do all those other things. Uh, Jack, I think, is going to read for us from 1 Peter chapter 1 verses 22 through to 2 verse 3. Now that you have purified yourselves by obeying the truth, so that you have sincere love for your brothers, love one another deeply from the heart. For you have been born again out of perishable seed, but out of imperishable, through the living and the enduring word of God. For all men are like Christ, and all their glory is like the flowers of the field. The grass withers, and the flowers fall. But the word of the Lord stands forever. And this is the word that was preached to you. Therefore, rid yourself of all malice and all deceit, hypocrisy, envy, and slander of every kind. Like newborn babies, crave pure spiritual milk, so that by it you may grow up in your salvation and know you will taste it, that the Lord is good. 
Thanks, Jack. Uh, let's pray as we uh, look at this together. Heavenly Father, we do give you great thanks for your word. Uh, as we just heard, it is imperishable uh, that it continue on, that it stands and lasts forever. Lord, help us this morning as we think about that, as we think about how it uh, fits in uh, Peter's argument and Peter's uh, case towards us, uh, that you'll encourage us to see and to understand exactly what you desire of us this morning from your word. Heavenly Father, we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. So what was it? What, did, what stands out in the middle of all that? Uh, it's mentioned a number of times, isn't it? What is the one thing that needs to be held onto solely within all of what we've been thinking so far? The Word, isn't it? That's what it is. Paul, Peter says to us, uh, Love one and deeply from the heart, for you have been born again, not of perishable seed, but of imperishable through the living and enduring Word of God. You see, it is this, God's Word that explains to us and shows us who God is. It is this Word that shows us uh, how we are saved. It is this Word that reveals to us who Jesus Christ is. It's this world, the word that is the good news for you and I and for the whole world. It's this word that ends up being that we hear about Jesus and we end up having the imperishable seed that grows up within us, which is our salvation, that goes on forever. It tells us all about Jesus and what he has done for us and that in him we have life, not just now, but for eternity. We have eternal life through Jesus, which we know about through the Word. It tells us about him, that good news, the good news of our salvation, of him standing in for you and I. I don't know whether you heard the story, but uh, of a lady called Kimberly Deer. In 2006, she was in America, and uh, for her birthday, she was given uh, the opportunity to go skydiving. And so on, the, on that day, on the 26th of July in 2006, uh, she goes to the airport at St. Louis, Missouri, and there's a plane waiting for her to take her up to do a skydive. And she's going to do a skydive with a guy by the name of Robert Cook. And Robert Cook is going to take her up, he's going to do a tandem skydive with her, and that's going to be a great thing that she's going to do. Uh, well, they, uh, they arrive, she arrives there, she gets ready, she gets suited up, Robert Cook explains everything to her, and they get into a little twin otter plane to fly up. Well, within a very short period of time after takeoff, they realise that this plane is in trouble and this plane is going to crash. So immediately Robert Cook grabs uh, Kimberly and brings her in close and hooks her up, because that's what you do in a tan dive, hooks her up, brings her in close, grabs hold of her and twists her into a position where, uh, as the plane's heading to the ground, that he's going to take the impact before she does. And he does, and he dies, and she survives. Uh, she was hurt badly, but eventually she was able to walk and go forward. But Robert Cook knew that the only way that this girl, Kimberly, was going to survive, that any of them was going to survive, is if he took the impact for her first. And that's what he did. He gave his life for hers. She only just met him. He only just met her, but he gave up his life for her. Amazing, isn't it? You see, that's the story of Jesus for you and I. You see, he straps us to himself and he takes the impact of death for you and I. 
He takes the impact of sin of what we've done wrong in our lives and he takes it upon himself and he hammers himself into the ground as he hammers himself to the cross. He takes all that punishment for you and I that was going to hit us is taken on him. Now we come out of that a bit shaky but we can live because of Jesus. And we know that because of this word. God's word tells us about his amazing love for us in Jesus. And because of that, he desires us to live that word and to live that out in love. You see, we are if we are to live like Jesus, if we are to live holy lives, then we are to live a life of love because that's a life that Jesus lived for us. He loved as he lived. He lived as he loved. And we're to do the same. We're to live lives of love as Jesus lived lives of love for you and I. And you see, this uh, is imperishable. This thing that is given to us, this seed he gives to us, doesn't die, it doesn't go away, does it? It says it's imperishable seed. Uh, You see, everything in a seed that's in that is there for us to grow, isn't it? It's there, it's contained in it, you put it in the ground, it grows up and everything for that tree, that branch, that bush, is all there, it all comes out and it grows from it. And this imperishable seed that is in us, the gospel truth that we know through the word, is to grow in us. And we're going to see that Peter says that we are to grow in that in a minute. But within that he sees that this is what we need to get stuck into. We need to get stuck into this word. This word is vital to us. If we are to grow, if we are to understand, if we are to move forward in understanding who we are in Jesus and living a life of love, then we need to get into the Word. We need to understand that this is wonderful, precious stuff. I don't know whether you know the story of Wyndon... get his name right in a minute. William Tyndale. Uh, William Tyndale lived in the 16th century and he said about translating the Bible into English. You see, up until that point in time, uh, the Bible was only in Latin. And it was only available to the, the priests uh, within the Catholic Church at that stage. They were the only ones who could understand Latin. Well, there are other people who understand Latin, but they were basically the main people who understand Latin. And they were the only, only ones who had the Bible. So everyday you and I type people who were just in, out in the streets couldn't read the Bible. All we could have is what people spoke to us about. So William Tyndale decided that he wanted to put the Bible into people's hands. So he went about translating the Bible Uh, He lived in England, but he had to get out of England because the persecution was too hard. He travelled all around the place, never staying too in many places because people were after him. Uh, He worked tirelessly to get the word of God translated into English. Uh, He had to contend with spies, assassins, betrayal. Uh, The Bibles that he had, he got printed and he smuggled them into England, but eventually he got caught. He was imprisoned. He was strangled and he was burnt alive for the word of God. Because he wanted people like you and I to have this in our hands so that we could read it. He knew how precious it was, didn't he? He gave his life for it so that you and I could know about Jesus. How often does our Bible just sit on the shelf and not get pulled down? How often does it sit beside our bedside table and we think, yep, I'll get to that eventually. 
how often do we think, could I get this to someone else? Could I give this to someone else? Because we can get them cheap. For under 10 bucks you can buy a Bible and you can stick it into someone's hand. How often do we give our lives so that this life-giving word could be in someone else's hands? Someone said that if you cut William Tyndale, he would bleed Bible. It's a great quote, isn't it? I wonder if people cut us if we'd bleed Bible. You see, I would hope that when people cut us, we would bleed Bible and we would bleed love. That's how precious this word is. That's how precious That's why we want to get into it. And that's how precious it is for you and I to get into each other's hands and to encourage one another in that as well. You see, when Peter writes this, he says to love one another deeply and he says to love one another deeply is to bring the word to one another because it's the precious word of God that lasts and stands forever. And remember when he talks about one another in 1 Peter, that's the whole of us, that's the community of God, his people. And he says when we want to care for you and I, when we want to care for one another then we want to bring God's word to one another. If we love one another, then we want to bring God's gospel word to one another. I'm going to expand on that a little bit later. But it's a good thing to think about, isn't it? If we love one another, then we want to bring God's gospel word to one another. Because it's vital to us, isn't it? Because Peter goes on and says, doesn't he? In verse uh, chapter 2 he says, Therefore rid yourselves of all malice, all deceit, hypocrisy, envy, slander of every kind. Like newborn babies crave pure spiritual milk so that by it you may grow up in your salvation now that you have tasted that the Lord is good. Did you see the four verbs that are in there? The four doing things? Have they caught up to me? That's actually jumped strangely. Down to the bottom one. I must have missed a hyperlink that last one to put it in. Four verbs, you see it? The last one is up there, there's taste. Who can see the first three? Read. Crave. I thought they might have been up there. And grow. They're great verbs, aren't they? Read, crave, grow because you've tasted. Read, crave, grow because you've tasted how good the Lord is. What does he say to us? They're action words, aren't they? So they said, rid yourselves of certain actions that you have there. Uh, all malice, all deceit, hypocrisy, envy, slander of every kind. It's all the opposite to loving your brother deeply, isn't it? From the heart. They're the exact opposite thing. So if we want to put on, in a sense, God's love, we want to love one another deeply, we want to take off all these other things. On uh, Friday, Alexander, Thursday, sorry, Alexander went up and worked with Matt, as you heard before, and uh, he was on site. And as he was driving up there, he said, he texted me, he rang me actually, he said, said, text Matt, it's belting down with rain up here, do you think work will be off? I said, mate, it's Matt Harper, he'll work through anything. Keep going. So he drove up there uh, and they did. They kept working and it was belting down, it rained for a fair bit of the day and Alexander was actually drenched and completely wet and he had to get rid of those clothes before he came into our house. There was no way he was going to have to get rid of it, he had to take it off because they were dirty, they were horrible. You don't want to have them inside your house, do you? You can be on a work site with Matt, that's fine. You can be dirty, but when you come into our house, you've got to get rid of it. That's the picture here. It's the picture of actually literally taking off clothing to put on other clothing. Rid yourself of malice, deceit, hypocrisy, slander of every kind. It should not be part of us. That should not be part of anything within us. 
We are to rid that from us. But what are we to crave? We are to crave pure spiritual milk so that by it you may grow up in your salvation. What are we to crave? We are to crave pure spiritual milk. What is that? We've just heard. It's the Word. We are to crave the Word of God because in the Word of God we find out what it is to love one another deeply and how to get rid of all those other things. We are to crave in that because it will enable us to grow. Uh, it's a beautiful sight, isn't it, when you see a young baby that's born and uh, there they are, they're crying and screaming because they want something to eat. That's not such, such a good thing. Uh, but they're beautiful, aren't they? Well, they're beautiful to you because they're your baby and they're there with their beautiful wife and she's beautiful because she's yours. Uh, so they're beautiful together and then the baby's crying and they desire milk and then they're fed and they're content and they grow. And a baby can't grow unless they're given milk. We cannot grow unless we get into the pure spiritual milk of God's word. We've got to get into it, guys. We've got to spend time in it together. Uh, one of the great things about growing and, and part of being a gospel community, part of being God's community, is that we can actually grow in God's word together. Gathering here on Sunday is a great way of doing that. Gathering together throughout the week is a great way of doing it. Our growth groups are a wonderful way of doing that. But it's also good to do that individually, isn't it? Don't wait for just the organised stuff that the church puts on as such. We have to do that together, continually. Because if we crave it, then we will grow in our brotherly love for one another. We will grow in being distinctive communities for Jesus. We will grow in holding on to things here lightly and holding on to the things of eternity solidly. We will grow because the Lord is good. And he's using that metaphor, isn't he, the taste, that you've tasted that the Lord is good. You've tasted eternity. You've tasted salvation in Jesus. You found out how wonderful he is in that. Well, rid, crave and grow together. Can I encourage you in that? Because one of the things I often think sometimes, uh, you know, we, we hold on to stuff here so solely sometimes, we forget just how wonderful it is, how good God is. Uh, the imperishable, it stands forever. God's word has, stands forever. We've got to hold on to his word. Because I think we sometimes get conned into holding on to this world too tightly. I heard, read a great, great quote this week. Uh, from C.S. Lewis, uh, Narnia Tales, uh, a number of other things that you may have read about him, Mere Christianity, if you've read that, it's a fantastic book. Uh, this is what he said. He said, We are half-hearted creatures, fooling about with drink and sex and ambition when infinite joy is offered us, like an ignorant child who wants to go on making mud pies in a slum because he cannot imagine what is meant by the, other, by the offer of a holiday at the sea. We are too easily pleased. That's a challenging statement, isn't it? We are too easily pleased. We want to hold on to the stuff here, whereas that is pathetic in comparison to the eternal joy that we have in Jesus when we want to hold on to him. We are too easily pleased. And to hold on to him, we need to rid, crave, grow. Because he is wonderful. Because he is beautiful. Crave it. Go after it. Hold on to it. Taste that the Lord is good. 
And as I said before, Peter's writing to a group of people here and so we are to think about how do we do that corporately. If we are truly to love one another deeply, if we are truly wanting to see each other grow and get into the word and hold on to that and crave it and grow in it, then we need to think about how can we encourage one another in that. Uh, In one sense, to care for one another is good to look out out for one another, to take meals, uh, to look after, to help clean, to take them people for lifts, to do those sorts of things to them. There are great things that we can do, practical application things that we can do here, there right away. But I think when we look at this passage and when we think about what Peter is saying here about how great the word is, then I think the way that we can pastorally care for one another as well, or just as importantly, is that we bring God's word to one another, that we share God's word with one another that we do get to church and encourage one another, that we do get to growth group and do that, but we do do that during the week. Maybe you come home one day and you sit down and you think, I'm thinking of such, I'll give them a ring and we'll pray pray for them over the phone. I'll give them a ring and I'll read to them what I've just read during the day. You know, you might have picked up the Bible during the day and you might have read something and you think, wow, that's fantastic, isn't it? What about you tell someone else about that and don't hold it to yourself? Text them, email them, Facebook them, Twitter them. I don't care how you do it, but do it. Because you know, that is just as important and maybe even more important in their growth than it is bringing them a meal. I think sometimes we've gone to the other side and just thought about we'll do all that practice stuff and sometimes we forget about that how good it is to bring God's word to one another. Maybe you can think about someone who you might meet with weekly just for half an hour, sit down, read the Bible together, pray together and then head off to work. Maybe you can find a time space where you can do that. Maybe it's it, you're going to organise it sometime during the week. You're going to ring up for 10 minutes. You're going to ask the person on the other end of the phone who you're going to talk to, what have you read in God's Word today? How did it encourage you? And then you're going to tell them what you read in God's Word today and encourage them and then you're going to go off to work or in the middle of the day. You got a bit of time? Give someone a ring. Encourage them in the word. Uh, just the other day I was reading, uh, I've changed what I'm doing at the moment. I was doing the Bible in a chronological year. I'm now doing uh, another one called A Godward Life by John Piper. And I just, it's very simple, very straightforward. It basically just gives you one verse. And one of the verses that came up in that this week was uh, Psalm 121 where God says to us that God uh, never sleeps, he never slumbers, he won't let you, your foot slip. Uh, he's always there. He never sleeps. And John Pop was just encouraging me to think that, you know, God never sleeps. He is always on about his business. He is always going before you. He is always involved in what's around you. And I was off to teach scripture that morning and I thought, mate, I'm not sure about this. It's a bit, you know, I always get a bit nervous when I go into teach scripture. And then I thought of that. God's gone before me. He's already involved in what's going to go on today. I thought, how good's that? Did I tell anyone about that at the time? No. But I should have done, shouldn't I? I should have got on after and texted somebody and said, hey, how good is this, that God doesn't sleep, he always goes before us. I found that really helpful when I went into scripture today. How encouraging. If you do that to me, I'd be jumping out of my skin saying, how good's that? Now, I've told you now, but I probably should have texted a couple of you or emailed you or sent it out on the church email so everyone got to hear about it. Uh, but it's good, isn't it? 
when we hear more and more about what God is doing in our lives and how his word impacts us, that helps us to grow and that gets us excited about what God is doing. In our growth group a few weeks ago, I think it was, uh, we were talking about how uh, you know, it's hard for us to talk about Jesus and what, who we are as Christians out amongst people who don't know Jesus. We find that difficult. We find it a bit scary at times. And we thought, well, actually, maybe it wouldn't be so scary if we actually talked about it more amongst ourselves. That our conversation about what God does in our lives and what Jesus does and how we found that encouraging, that we actually talk about that amongst our own people who do believe in Jesus. And if we talk about it more, then it's going to become so much easier to talk about it to those who don't know Jesus as well. Have a think about that. The next time you're having a chat to someone and you're asking how their week's going, ask them what God's done in your life this week. Or ask them to ask you if you feel that that might put them on the spot. Share with what God's been doing in your life, how he's encouraged you, what he's done around you. Talk about what Jesus means to you and what's going on about you. Because as we do that, then we are bringing God's word, we're bringing it to one another, the gospel word, which encourages us to grow and love Jesus more and we will love one another deeply from the heart. Can I encourage you that this week? Think about this week, whether there's three times this week, just three times you speak to someone who you know who loves Jesus about what God is doing in your life or something that you've read in the Bible or something that struck you from that. Three times this week. It's only three. There's how many hours this week? I don't know how many hours in a week. There's a lot. Uh, We sleep for probably half of them, some of us. Uh, We sleep for a bit of it. But there's a lot of hours in this week to only three times speak about Jesus or about God's word and what he's done in your life through it. Let me encourage you to do that because wouldn't it be great if we did that and we encouraged one another that? Because as we did that, then I think we would see a transformation in our own life and a transformation amongst us as God's word comes to bear on our lives more and more. And wouldn't it be great that when people cut you and me, we bleed Bible and we bleed love? Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for your word. Uh, Lord, it is living and active Uh, It cuts to our soul, Lord. It is the way in which you have communicated to us. It brings life to us, Lord. It teaches us and tells us all about you and your son, Jesus. Uh, It explains to us, Lord, how you operate. And it encourages us, Lord, to love you more and to seek to love others more. Heavenly Father, we pray that by your spirit you'll do a mighty work within us so that your word does become intrinsic to us that when we do bleed we bleed your word when we do bleed we bleed your love Lord we pray Lord that by your spirit you will transform us into people who are like that and as we do that Lord we will love one another deeply from the heart that we will become a distinctive community for you that we Lord will only hold on to the things here lightly and hold on to you solely Lord because we know that our home is safe and secure in eternity with you. All because of Jesus. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.